I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we're back and we have to address something right away before we launch into this. My manager, Katie, wrote this morning and said, hey, guys, you might want to, when you publicize your live shows that are coming up, you might want to get the dates right. So apparently we've been <laughs> been telling everybody our Los Angeles show is on the 5th. It's not on the 5th. When is it? So if you bought tickets and you heard us say that and you're like, what the hell? Wait, can I you tell me when third. it is? It's the 3rd. Oh, in LA, yeah, it's, it's September the 3rd. 3rd. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Leisha, I can't with the calendars and the dates. Like, I'm sorry. Well, no, I understand. I just, I mean, Katie must be like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm person, sure all of, client. I'm sure all of the people who bought tickets are asking themselves the same thing. Why did I waste my money? That's what I'm saying. And also, what night are you actually going to be there? So <laughs> the answer is the third what September third. What if we actually showed up on the fifth? <laughs> well, these are all the things that could have gone wrong. So thank you, Katie. Sorry, for pointing Katie. that out. Um, anyway. Okay. Anyway. So pilot part two. Here we go. Pilot part two. So you came over to my house again. I can't watch it alone. It, it's so fun to watch it together because I'm not we're, I'm not coming at it from a cringe place. I'm coming at it from uh, curiosity. How am I going to be surprised today place? And it's fun to be with you and everyone. Right. To do it. At this point, I'm completely and utterly like a brand new viewer. Yes. That's never seen the show before. That's how oblivious I am to anything that ever happened back then. I'm watching it with... The freshest eyes you've ever seen. You're going to get more, you're going to approach it from more oblivion when we start getting into other seasons that you probably haven't even watched in its entirety before. Ever. Right. So. So it's so much fun for that reason alone. All right. Where should we start? Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning when Jenny is uh, working at the faux Bristol Farms. Yeah. Laurel Wood Farms. Why didn't they just use Bristol Farms? Oh, no, because we were shooting in Vancouver. I That's think it's why. a... 
You have to pay also for that kind of stuff. Right. So just, you know, they change a word. They keep the outfits with gingham and we all get the point. She mastered the uh, cash register very quickly. Did you notice that? It seemed like she got the job the day before and then what? she... Nobody needs to seen her go through training. Listen, side note, when I was about 12 years old, I got a job as a cashier at the local grocery store. Okay. And I was terrible at the cashier. You were 12? Yeah, about 12 or 13. Yeah. Anyway, so I was so bad that the Is that legal that the manager of the grocery store at the end of my shift was like, I don't think this is for you. <laughs> I'm 12. So I give credit to someone who mastered the cashier as quickly as Jenny How would you even get to work? I don't understand this story. We have to talk about that Alicia, any more details. Why is it that what part of this don't you ever understand? I, I was think able, you're supposed to work at 12 years old. I was able to walk to work. It was around the corner. I was able to like take a quick little jaunt out of the house over to the store. Um, and it was just like an after school job. It was like something to. Why do you think that's child labor? Every kid gets an after school job. I had a thousand of them, but I was 15 when it all started. Well, I was more, I was more, I was more ambitious. I was trying to corner the market at 12. <laughs> Point being is the ambition um, died on the died after like the first five hour shift because I wasn't good at it. Right. Well, back to Jenny. As much as I want to hear that story, well, that's kind of it. I got um, canned. That was the end of the story. Okay. <laughs> well, Jenny still has her job. However, Jenny, she's working yeah. with a guy who's like, oh my god, there's so many gay people. Yeah, we in have. This we gotta get. We have to get What's the gay with everybody in? being homophobic in around all the women of the L word. It's like to prove a that's point. what I think is so funny. To prove so a far. point, I think. I know, but they're like everywhere. Right. Everyone's shocked that there's gay people, or they whisper about gay. But it's funny. Like it's a funny setup. Like Tim and his dorky friends during the barbecue. All oh, of them. Look, did you see mm -hmm. that when they're out? To, well, we're not there yet. We'll get there. Um, we're not there yet. That comes later. Right. So anyway, guess who shows up? Hot Marina. She shows up. And um, what I found interesting is her her uh, her check, her bill was $54.05. What was she buying? I wrote it down. That's what I want to know because she only had one little bag. Huh. Organic. I want to know what she bought. Um, True. Also, Marina invites... Organic prices. Marina invites Jenny to her reading group, with, reading group, which is just a glorified book club. Why don't you just say book club? Is reading group more, more posh? Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds a little more posh. I don't well, know why. Because book club is... What's wrong with book club? It sounds a little pedestrian. I don't know. It's the same thing. I, I'm not mad at the choice. <laughs> I don't same. know why I get that. that. <laughs> oh, they're probably reading what they're writing. Oh, Melissa says they're probably reading what they're... That even sounds more deadly. Could you imagine? Well, but that's the point, Kate. If you're, <laughs> you're going to be a writer, you need to start sharing your work and then you get critique. I get it. I get it. But time out. Since when is Marina a writer? That's indicating that Marina writes herself. I don't even think we see Marina sign a check. Let I alone think right. So how like what is she? Is this like her her secret hobby? That's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe she just sort of hosts these nights for writers. Oh, even better <laughs> <laughs> because she loves to read. 
You know, it's her interest. That sounds like hell. as we learned at the beginning of the pilot. Okay, okay, well, it's not your night, but it's Jenny. It's She's very excited. It's certainly so not my night. So she takes her up on it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then we go back to Bet and Tina, and Tina's feeling really tense. And the word tense, I'm bringing up because it's brought up a couple of times in the episode. That Everyone's tense. Wait, but why is Tina yeah, tense? Someone else is tense later. I'll, I wrote it down. Wait, I have, wait, hold on. She's tense. How does, why is, why is Tina tense? I couldn't figure that out. I wasn't tracking it because because her and bet are sort of not getting along right now. She's not feeling heard. She's trying to start a family. Bet's distracted. They're not having sex. She's tense. But I thought so. she's like, I'm going to go exercise. Wait a moment. But I thought I thought she um, they had tried and the sperm wasn't wasn't good sperm yeah sure but all those reasons i'm not saying it's bet's fault but they're all adding up she's tense well here's whose fault it is the person who decided to split this pilot into two and i had to wait a week because now i can't track why tina's being <laughs> You've already pass- forgotten everything why tina's being passive aggressive i just gave you all the reasons i believe she's i'll follow your reasons that's good enough for me but i'm just she's saying not being passive aggressive she's just having a shitty couple of weeks it was a little passive aggressive she she could have you know beck i'm not i'm not I'm not jo- jumping on Beth's train here. I'm just saying she came home. She's saying, hey, you know, I left early. They can handle it. I thought we could have the evening together. And instead of Tina just coming out and saying why she was upset and having an honest dialogue, she's she she's passive aggressive. And she's like, I'm working out. And then she gets, you know, she's like, I've got my bike shorts on. I'm out. Yeah. And then she gets low key harassed by her gym instructor in the bathroom. <laughs> she, does. She, does. She's, she gets literally sexually harassed. Jesus by Christ. The, um, could you imagine? Instructor. She got oh my seriously. god, and the close up of the hand Back around the off, waist, lady. Tina seems All into it, it though. She's like, oh, you're. She's into it. She just likes the attention, but it's also creepy. Um, she's like, she's touching her back and complimenting her muscles. Right, they're both topless. I would die if if I was topless and I was getting dressed, and you're and. And your, in the back of a gym. And your trainer comes over. Your trainer, your trainer of all people comes over. Well, she's the teacher. That's I don't know your if, trainer. I don't know you if get she's to like know the them. personal trainer. Okay, whatever. But yeah, I'd be like, do you have an HR department here at the gym? <laughs> I need to talk to them ASAP. Goodness me. One thing that um, so far, I know there, there's going to be many, but from what we've seen up to this point, the one thing that's really dating this show fashion wise, where mm-hmm. I can really say, mm-hmm. whoa, this was like, we're, we're rocking 2002 style here so far are Bet's mm-hmm. red tinted sunglasses. My goodness. They're, I hope after the pilot ends, they can, they've gone off into the sunset somewhere. Like I need them to walk away. Yeah, they're I need vi- those to be <laughs> like something you buy at the they boardwalk. They need to disappear. <laughs> she needs to drop them, and someone needs to walk over them and crack them. I think something she gets, needs to happen. She gets new ones as 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 time goes on, God willing. But I believe she does. Were but, those even a thing back then, or was that just yes. a bad choice to begin no, with? No, even tinted, in- tinted glasses were a thing, and they were impossible to see in. And the red ones, particularly, in that shape are, though. Yes, that whole thing. That was shape? That whole thing. 
You don't remember? Yeah, you had a pair. Up. Uh, not personally. Didn't you? Are you crazy? No, I've had some missteps and I'm the first to admit it. A many, many, many of them. Maybe I did. Now that I'm thinking about it. Shit. I think I'm going to have some. I just had a flashback. Okay. So anyway, they go back to Dan Foxworthy. We're back at his office. Right. Is he a good therapist? I can't tell because he always is getting interrupted. He's Well, he's constantly not being able to even finish a sentence. Anyway, Bette comes in and she's like, I have the perfect donor. It, I, it, he, he agreed to it within the five minute conversation that I had with him because that's what it, that's how it's kind of sounding. <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> Listen, I just brought it up randomly on the it's, go and he said, yes. And he's amazing. Marcus Allenwood. He's an artist. I know. It does sound like she was like on her way to therapy. She ran into Marcus Allenwood. She's like, Hey, I need some sperm. He's like, no problem. I have no. all of my medical records right yeah. here. I carry my HIV report. Just in case situations like this come up, which they do often. <laughs> We're not there yet, but the timing like, of things kill me. If another me. dyke asked me for sperm, I swear, if I had a nickel, Adisha's <laughs> always prepared. Yeah, she came in and was like, you're not going to believe it. I ran into Dan Foxworthy. Yeah. He said, yes, he's the perfect donor. And Tina's like... But here's the thing. At least Bet, she, she, Bet came was coming in hot, but she was on the same page. She, she was, you know... Saying like, yeah, I want this too. And this is the effort I made to try to make it happen. And it was very easy because he agreed within, you know, three seconds flat of the conversation. Um, And Tina is reacting. She's a little. As though they've never talked about it. Exactly. I'm like, ladies, communicate. Dan, do your job. Maybe he's a shitty therapist. You're right. I think he's a shitty therapist. I'm waiting. Actually, I'm excited to watch this season to see if he ever gives any good advice. I think he disappears after a few, but you know, you can hold out hope. Anyway, Bet and Tina and their miscommunication problems. Um, But you know what? The good news is, but yeah, Tina acts like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And like, like as though she's been left out of the conversation. I kind of get both both sides. I do. But Dan's looking at Bet like you're the worst person. Well, Tina doesn't need to agree with it. She can say, "Oh, thanks for making the effort. I'd love to meet him." Like I know Bet's saying, "Oh, he'll you know he'll you know he'll dump off his sperm tomorrow and you go with him." Like that's a little much. He's but gonna, he's I don't coming know. over tomorrow morning. It's not my he's problem. He's gonna spoon in a cup. It's not my. It's problem. all been worked out. It sounds like a nightmare. What anyway. do you mean it's not your problem? Meaning Bet and Tina's drama with their baby is not <laughs> my problem. <laughs> I love. When we talk about Bet and Tina, you remove yourself so quickly from the conversation, like you can't be bothered because it's too much for you. It's too much like it's just too you're much. always like, I don't know, whatever they need to do. Yeah. It sometimes it's just and we've gets said, a we're little... only in the second half of the pilot. I'm a little worried about continuing. No, no. Well listen, like you like, need to have some patience with them. I know. They're just they're 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 just they just they really need a better therapist and I and I'm gonna be more on board. They process a lot. There's yes. like the and also it's the, not it's not Bet and Tina entirely. It's just in that moment where I thought, for Christ's sake, ladies. But I know it'll get better, and then it'll get worse, and then it'll get better again, and on and on and on it goes for six years. Um, but Leisha, you know the good news is um, that Alice has left her tree perch, the planet, and goes out to perch. dinner with the gang. Because that's where we see Jenny and Tim and their milk toast friends. I have to eat sometimes. I can only eat so many croissants and muffins. I eat a real meal. 
It's like you guys can pick me up at the planet. You take me out to eat. It's like, Alice, we got to get you out of here. Let's just go out to dinner. She needs some protein. Let's have a three course meal, like get all the nutrients. And where do you think we went? I was trying to figure out what kind of LA restaurant that was supposed to be. I was thinking like AOC. A restaurant. It was a restaurant in Kitsilano. I remember no, that. No, I day. know, but, but where it was supposed to be in LA. Yeah, in AOC. I was trying to think of where like all the lesbians ate back then. And I think it was yeah. like AOC was. Yeah. Remember you'd go eat there and it was like you'd see every yeah. lesbian literally from Los Angeles was having dinner. Yeah, you'd have to prep yourself before your reservation and say, okay, I know I'm going to run into someone million dollar question is, who will it be? Right. But I'm glad you got out of the, I'm glad you got out of the planet. It was nice to see you walking. Oh, is this where, this is where uh, Randy, the the swim coach and his girlfriend start, they start like sexualizing you and I, right? I think they start sexualizing. He's like, oh, I like that little cute blonde perky one or whatever. And she's like, oh, I like the rock star one. No, they start sexualizing the whole entire <laughs> table. Not just us. Also strange. I'm sure that's a conversation that happens. Maybe more so with straight girls. Right? I don't know. But this is the thing that where where it's like being set up like all the lesbians and bisexual people are the ones that are, they're like the others, you know, and like all the straight people are like, oh, look at them. Do you know what I mean when I say that? I feel like the show, it's reversed. All of the straight people are the others. And the and the universe that the show takes place in is predominantly gay, and and the heterosexuals. That's true. Are the You're aliens, right. which I which is really refreshing. It's refreshing to see. Like no, it's great. You're right. It is backwards. I'm just saying. Whenever they comment, whenever anybody comments, it seems like a thing. Well, yeah, because it's com. Yeah, because it's it's. I think it's trying to establish. You know the the divide. Uh huh. In, in, in culture and, 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 you know, dynamics and, and, and sexuality and, and Jenny is sitting there like a deer in headlights saying, oh my God, cause she's looking at Marina. Where do I belong? Where do I belong? And Marina gets up and goes to the bathroom. Oh, well, yeah, we need to say that. So along with us at this dinner is Marina. So she comes in, Jenny's shocked as though it's like been this personal, you know, infiltration in her life. She's just going to have dinner. Well, first season, Marina was part of the group. I know, but I'm saying... Yeah, but yeah, she was. But I'm saying Jenny is acting like she showed up to like ruin her dinner. Because yeah. she's so yeah. messed up over this woman. Yeah. She's like, how dare you? I love um, show up. I love Mia in this scene because she comes yeah. in and she says, you know, and she puts her hands on her hips and she says, you know, this is really distracting. And there's like a good 10 seconds of dead silence. And so yeah, much is said great. without anything. And a, another person is coming in, washing their hands and leaving. And the second they're alone in the bathroom, I think Marina kisses her, right? Yeah, they kiss again. But the way, I just think Mia is brilliant. And the way she plays all of these moments are so unique and they're so not what you would expect. And that's what makes it um, memorable. I just love her. I forgot well, how I'll much say, I loved her. Yeah, and you, I know she's... She's seriously the best on the show. And like, yeah. also you like, you see the struggle she's having and mm -hmm. then she comes back and she tries to be uber straight again. And you believe it. You it's totally like, believe it with her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's then fucked the, up. And then the next morning she's there, you know, clicking away on her computer in her writer's shed and Tim comes in who looks very good in a tank top and, uh, 
she shades him out. She shuts the computer screen and says, no, 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 I don't want you to look. Because clearly- well, do you know what she says? Yeah. Do you know what she says? What, Leisha? Tell me. What does she I'm say? I'm just really tense. She says that again? <laughs> no, she's- I'm like, why is everybody tense? <laughs> and he's very understanding. He's like, I get it. He's You've a good guy. Here. You know, a- she's like, I don't have any friends. She's like, I need to, I need, you know, I'm just, she's fish out of water. That's how um, it appears to Tim. But meanwhile. Again, Tim and Jenny, I see chemistry. They have chemistry and they're so different. Yeah. But it, whatever reason makes complete sense in this time in the story. Yeah. Oh yeah. They make complete sense. But so do Marina and Jenny. Yeah. I mean, that's, there yeah, it is. Very much so. In a nutshell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. She closes her laptop. He goes inside. She follows him. She apologizes. And then, and then the phone rings. And it's she Marina. Apologizes. The phone rings. And inviting her to another book club. I'm calling it the book club. Sorry. It's a book club. <laughs> and she says, and, and Tim okay. says, yeah, that's no problem. I'm going to go out and play basketball or tennis or football. He's going to do something with his friends. And, um, and she says, okay. And you can tell that she's very distracted because... It's like her fantasy coming true, Marina, and asking her out again. And so she's so removed from whatever he's saying after he says, yeah, that's perfect because I have plans with the guys. So it's kind of her, the, the schedule is working out in her favor perfectly. Did you notice that? She's her sure. Eye, her eyes just go kind of go off. Yeah. And he's buying he's buying the whole thing. I think she's lying to herself in that moment, too. Like, I can go out with Marina. I can just she's probably just a probably. new friend and like sure. Tim's okay with it and I'm saying it out loud. And if I say it out loud, it's gonna be less scary. But in the moment, more importantly, you wanna make sure that your partner is not picking up on any hints. And since he's oblivious and she can see that, she just kind of looks right through him, through the wall into That's what I mean. Daydream land. It's and, all working. Yeah. So and that because remember because then she very absent mindedly Not like she's being malicious or has plans she's just i think she's believing her own bullshit well she just absent my like at the very end of the scene when she walks away because i think they they kind of kiss and make up prior to the phone call and then after the phone call and they realize the scheduling will work out um she you know kind of in a very absent-minded way just kind of puts the phone down and leap and just walks away from him without giving him any sort of affection because she's all caught up in her own world at this point and he clocks it because the camera land it ends on him reacting to her so he knows something's up. He just doesn't know what in the hell it is. You follow? Yeah. Oh, my God. I completely follow. Okay. You just really went, you really dug in deep. Because I like it. I love those moments in the show, especially in the pilot when there's no dialogue. I don't tell me things. Let me just see it and figure it out. Like, I'm smart. We're all smart. The audience is smart. Okay. So then. Marcus Allen Wood. Oh, so then we're is- back at, at Bet and Tina's house. Marcus knocks on the door. He walks in, he's black, and Tina's shocked. Not only Which, is he, here's what I Wait, hold on get. a second. He's I was not, like, no, have on. they not wait, had this conversation? Wait, he's not only black, he's like six foot five. And you can see the way it you can see it the way they shot it, because okay. Tina's profile when they because you see Tina opening the door and her eyes just go all the way up. Like she's looking at someone really tall. So you're kind yeah. of wondering who's on the other side of the door. So I think she's just taking the whole right? thing in. I don't think she's having a problem with his height. I think it was a complete race thing. And I'm and I, I don't understand why she was so shocked. Because even Bet says later, we've had this conversation. You see, I thought it was reverse. I thought I it want, was the fact that he was so incredibly tall. 
No, that's the joke later that the girl at the cryo makes. It's a joke. That I was know, a joke. but she reacts to it like, yeah, trust me, that crossed my mind. Like the way Tina reacts mm, to it. Then later no. on, it gets the, the race thing gets brought up with Bet. I'm sure that I'm not saying it's not a part of it. I'm just saying those two things could be happening <laughs> totally, simultaneously. I like disagree with you in such a major way. Okay, I agree to disagree. I think that that I was just a enough. setup I'm for just, a joke. I mean, I don't really care, but it just seems that like the two can live simultaneously. Like, I think it had 0% to do with how tall he was. Well, if that's the case, then why was it shot in the way to only see her pro to see her reaction to like this large, very tall man at her door? I think they were just getting her reaction before you saw who you're like, who's behind the door? What's she looking at? I don't know. I think they're, I think they she just happened on, to be looking up because he happens to be tall. Exactly. And that's a lot to take in. You're like, wow, you're like six foot five, <laughs> six foot eight, so. I don't especially think compared so. to Tina, who's not very tall. I don't think it has anything to do with it. Weigh in. Please write in. People write in and weigh, weigh in on this. <laughs> but regardless, they go to the sperm okay. bank and Marcus miraculously has all of his um, reports and medical history front and center, ready to go. Um, because who doesn't carry around their HIV results? Right. I mean, I have mine in my glove compartment. I keep mine in my wallet. I mean, just in, just case. in case somebody wants my eggs. Okay, <laughs> exactly. listen. Well, this is the first time you see Alice have an exit plan of some sort. She knows where the door is at the planet. We see her actually physically leave. So that's exciting. She knows how to get out. In case of a fire... Or a different social occasion she might need to get to. Work, probably. She probably needs to get to work. Anyway, Tina's really upset about this whole thing. And she get, goes back to Dan Foxworthy, and Bet's not there, and he says... "Is it How many times do they go a day? Well, or that's what I was going to ask. Are they in therapy all week? Well, that's what I wanted to... Uh, that's what I'm curious about. I can't track the timeline. Is this in two days, a week, two weeks? I think it has to be longer than a... No, no, sorry. Within the week. And so personally, if I was in therapy, if I was in couples therapy more than twice a week, I would pretty much know that we weren't going to make it. I think the pilot, the entire two hour pilot encompasses two weeks, 12 days. Okay, well, we're at three times at Dan Fox Worthy's already. Well, they're in dire straits. So I'm guessing they go... They go twice a week. That's woof. So they're pretty serious. All right. We had that wrong. Tina's going to see Dan Foxworthy by herself, which is totally normal. Although I do hear you're not supposed to share. Yeah. Don't you have to have your, your own individual therapist at, as a couples therapist that you should have a separate couples therapist. Exactly. Well, so they've gotten that wrong. She's breaking it's, the rules. Tina, they should have. They might have helped if Tina and Bet were seeing other people. Well, well, no wonder Dan is, you can tell he sides with Tina. It's because she's going to see him alone. So she's like, how am I supposed to know? Those scenes are like home. five minutes. Those scenes are like five minutes long. I can't tell what the hell Dan Foxworthy thinks. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. 
Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Anyway, so then then we're back with Jenny, and Tim is allowed to read Jenny's work finally. and. Once again, Tim is a good guy, and he says the sweetest thing imaginable, how he's proud of her, how he knows that she has to go to these dark places, and it scares him, but, you know, he lets her do it, and then this work of art comes pouring out as a result, and he's just so proud to have her in his life. Meanwhile, all she wants to do is shut up Marina, but that's beside the point. He's a nice guy. I She's like, like Tim. I'm, babe. I'm feeling it for Tim in this one, big time. Poor Tim is oh, getting the shaft. He breaks my heart. He, he's well, adorable. because we know what's going on. Right. I have to say one thing going back to the Dan Foxworthy scene. I'm oh, so sorry, Kate. God, why? I thought Tina's name was Tina Kennard the it whole is. entire six seasons. Guess how she said it? How? Kennard. Oh. Tina Kennard. Well, then you're not. So a, you're we've not all a, gotten that wrong. You're not a real friend. Can't even get her name right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you either. You're like, you'd that's think her name. Tina, you'd think Tina would say, um, Alice, you know, by the way, you're mispronouncing my name. I might not have ever said her last name on the show. I, I called her T. Let's like, get, so you know what? I was like, that's true. Hey, T. Yeah, that's true. You got really right? tight with her so at one point. I don't think you dropped Kennard down to ever letter. came out of my name. Um, well, that's something to keep in mind every episode to see if you actually say Kennard. Is it Kennard? Kennard. Kennard? Kennard. I, I wrote it down. I, I should watch it again, but I'm pretty sure that's how she said it. I was shocked. All right. Wait, Bet finds a pregnancy test in the trash? Yes. Are we at it? Have we left the planet? Yeah, at least we're, we've been out of the planet for a while now. Um, mm. Bet finds notes a, don't match up. Bet finds a pregnancy because probably we didn't take notes on I every scene. I wanted to laugh about Aaron's outfit at the planet. What was she wearing? Aaron had a real doozy on. What, what, what <laughs> a real was it? Dizzy. What was it? Woo! It was some Nana stuff. Ooh. It was. It was. I think that it was the. It was Lululemon before it was Lululemon. Something. She. I think Aaron won. Not Aaron. I think Dana won worst dress for this episode. But you only saw from like the shoulders up. So what was it? There, I don't. I don't know. I need to go back, but I remember laughing. I wrote it down. Sorry, I keep saying I wrote it down, but I took notes this time. I'm very excited about it. Bet finds a pregnancy pregnancy test in the trash can. Yes. And then she's leaving. And obviously, um, Tina's talking to Alice on the phone. You can completely tell. I don't know it's, how, but I was like, it's super obvious. And it's a cordless phone. Well, yeah, we all had them. I know. But no, it was like a cordless landline. Respect. I have one of those. They're great. I refuse to let go of it. Oh, we all did. But I still you have still it. You still have it? Yes. I love it. It's my landline. When I call your house. That's my cordless phone. That's what you're picking up? They still I'm, make those? Yeah. I'm trying to emulate Tina. So, wow. I can't believe they still look that way. Yeah. It's great. Huh. It you works. Would think that, no, you would think they would 
jumped into the future a little bit, but I mean, they're a little fancier. Sound like it. They're a little fancier and slimmer than hers, but it's a sense. Of, it's essentially the same thing. Anyway, I love seeing a cordless phone. Again, you know, this was 2002. We are in 2021. So if you blink, you're going to miss it. But as Bet is driving up to Kit's apartment, Kit rides by on her bicycle. So is that a fuck okay. up? It's, I would not say that's a fuck up because I think there's no way they would call Pam into work and say, hey, get on the bicycle. Well, it is the pilot. You're figuring things out. Sometimes you rewrite scenes, you take things out, you reshoot things. And, and what winds up on the screen is different than what you shot at the time. And this could have been an editing mistake. Oh, maybe they shot it originally on the street. Maybe she was like, hey, Kit. And Kit pulled over on the bicycle and they had the same scene on the street. That's possible. But that would take away. But what? But that would. No, 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 it wouldn't. I don't think they would ever do that because that type of scene would never work on the street because there's so much intimacy. So that scene always seems like it was in inside somewhere without any distraction. I think that was an editing. I think they're just establishing she's 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 coming home and 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 bit and bet beat her to it because poor kids on a bike because she has a DUI. No, they just kind of arrived at the same time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. Okay, well, they end up in the apartment, and they have a great scene, and they talk about Bet hiding her black identity. I love Kit Porter. I love Pam Greer. Me too. I'm appreciating. I love Pam Greer. There are certain things that I'm, I, I can already tell I'm going to appreciate more now than I did at the time, and Kit Porter is one of them. And I wish I had a Kit Porter in my life. I know she's a mess, and she gets into trouble, and you have to you know dig her out of situations, but... Love Kit Porter. You mean you wish you had a sister? Yeah, that was like, like Kit. Like, yeah, like just like because I'm l- kind of like your Kit. If you uh, we're not related, but I'm kind of your Kit. No, are you? No, you're like my Alicia. No. You're my Alicia. I wouldn't put you and Kit Porter in the same category. No, there's something like so. More- what is Kit? What is what would Kit give you that I'm not giving you? Wow. Well, make it about yourself. <laughs> well, you're like, I need a kid in my life. I'm like, what No, what I'm saying is I, what I love about Kit Porter, one of her qualities is, is that she just envelops characters with love and honesty and warmth and patience and support. And I don't think that was necessarily appreciated so much at the time. And I'm seeing it, um, you know, in, in, in this scene, which, you know, kind of launches the, the, the dynamic between Bet and Kit. Kit is Bet's sounding board. And I think at times she's ours as well. And how nice would it be to have a Kit Porter in your life? A woman that has, you know, that, that, you know, that has had, uh, you know, a life and understands like, and has past experiences to draw from and is knowledgeable and intuitive and like warm and loving. Okay. Listen, here's the point. Here's the point. Tell me. I think you had a great one and their dynamic, it seems, it seems as though Bet thinks she does everything right. Yeah. Exactly. That she's got it all under control. The way she does it is the way everyone should do it. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. And Kit's the one who's had a lot of hard times, right? Yeah. And she's like, it's not always like that, Bet. Like, that's what I think she does to bet she kind of throws her off her game and makes her realize that well she humbles she's not her. superhuman well she humbles her she humbles her she speaks yeah. truth well it's truth to power you know and bet shows up at her house in that matrix jacket and she's feeling all like you know 
all of herself. And oh, that's right. We have <laughs> and to. Kit we just, have and Kit just to brings her down. About- Kit brings her down to that level. She's like, take off the Matrix jacket. Let me let me tell you how it is. Yeah. Literally, we need to talk about that outfit between the Matrix jacket and the red glasses. I forgot about that. Oof. She looks like Batwoman. She looks like she's in a. She looks like Neo from the Matrix. Superhero. I want her to like go backwards, dodging a bullet. You know, like it's incredible. And it's like a hot summer day in Los Angeles. Like in second season. Oh shit! Well, (laughs) at one point, there is a point where Tina gets very upset with Bet and does something like physically to her, and Bet has to jump back. It happens in season two. I want to see like when I envision. I want to see Bet like do the Neo move from the Matrix when Bet when 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 Tina does that. That you know who who was oh Mia told us this a long time ago. She said lesbians are always unseasonally inappropriately unseasonally dressed. Meaning we wear hats so we, in July we, and we wear sh- and and we like to wear boots in the summer. Yeah, unseasonally. Yeah, and I think Bet is a perfect example of that. She's wearing a heavy leather jacket. She, Mia said exactly. Lesbians are seasonally challenged. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, Bet has a heavy, long, I mean, long coat, leather coat on in July. Leisha, you had a really good point when we were when we were on that scene. You said Angie, Jordan Hull, who plays Angie now in this new iteration, looks like Pam. Yeah. It's great you're, casting. You're so right. Do you think Jennifer knew that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Jennifer helped cast Jordan. Like, I wonder if Jennifer thought, oh, she reminds me of Pam a little bit. Right. And I think also they were looking for someone who looked like the girl who played young Angie grown up. There was also that. Right. So then we cut to Alice and Dana walking into a bar and we've forgotten to call Shane. Thanks. And we both talk about that. I think that was, you know, one of the the one day of work Aaron and I and you probably had because you're in the that, scene later. Well, we shot that in L.A. That was one of the location shoots in a that we flew to L.A. to Did do. Did we really? Yeah, because that's on Santa Monica. I thought Monica. it was at that milk, milk and honey place in Mm-mm. Vancouver. No, you can see it. We're on Santa Monica. Because later on, when you leave, you're walking. You both are walking down oh, Santa the Monica. the exterior shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interior. But there is one exterior shot. Right. But there's one where it's that corner. It is that milk and honey place. Right. And then after that little bit, we uh, there's Bet and she's giving a speech at her art gallery. And this time she is dressed like a Backstreet Boy from the video. I want it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable. She's in all white. She really liked the long coats. I wish in that scene there was a wind machine and she put her arms out and started mm-hmm. singing. I want it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then maybe rain drizzled and, you know, made the, sh- you know, and added a little atmosphere. Okay. So she's in her backstreet outfit. She's giving a speech about oh, how right. art and porn are basically the same thing. And the super hot guy I comes on to Tina. I think this is like the seed to provocations. Then that hot guy. He's very hot, by the way. Okay. He looks like those He's waiters cute. that were at, at Rodney's. The oyster bar. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, she's beautiful. Then we're back at the bar with Alice and Dana. They're very bored by the dating scene. There's no one, no one new out there. Then we're back with Marina and Jenny. They go for a walk and guess what they do? They kiss. Well, they finally leave their book club and, oh wait, and they're back at Marina's house 
And, and you know how books turn them on, so they're all hot and bothered. And Marina's saying, this is where I like to lay down when I'm stressed out and there's palm trees and like she has a million dollar view and it's windy out. It's like a perfect balmy Los Angeles evening. And they finally are able to, um, you know, be together uninterrupted. Does it immediately lead into a Wait, sex Wait, how scene? does Marina has to have such a baller house? Because she has a rich girlfriend that comes in later on in the season. That's right. Remember? Oh my God, Kate. Played by Lolita Davidovich. Whatever. Spoiler. Sorry, guys, but that's, okay. you know, just so it makes sense, it tracks. Uh, but Jenny never even says, like, how do you, how do you own this house? Well, I guess Jenny she's straight know. out of the Midwest. She must think, like, yeah, she doesn't realize how expensive like this here. Los Angeles real estate is. I mean, you know. Also, the overhead of a coffee shop. That can't be easy. No. I forgot she had a rich girlfriend. Okay. Anyway, then we're back at, at the uh, the porn talk, art porn talk, and Bet has a major idea out of nowhere. She pulls Tina aside and she's like, let's, basically she's like, let's just fuck this guy, which I need to talk about this. It's really inappropriate. It's very like, no, no, it's not. In, no, people can do what they want to do. What I found shocking is it was so like casual, like, let's do it. And she's like, let's do it. No, it's her manipulation around it. I mean, like, I get it. You're desperate and you want to find the right, you know, you'd love to have the ideal donor. But um, I don't know. There was something unethical about that. Like, let's just bring this guy home. He won't know any better. And you'll get knocked up and he would have a good night. And, it, you know, everyone's happy. We all get our needs met. There's just something That's what I'm saying. It's that. such a big deal to like, I mean, listen, I shouldn't talk because Alice just had a threesome in the back of your bar last season. But like. But lying to the guy, like not wanting to sit, not wanting to fill him in on the, the you know. Oh, you're, see, you're talking about that side. I'm talking about how sort of flippant the whole thing is for Bet and Tina. I've been think together for years see, I and don't they're think trying to get pregnant. And I don't think just it's like, flippant, though. Guy. But it's not flippant. Like, we've been watching them struggle since the moment we met them. They're like, oh, my God, this hot guy just came out of left field. Let's go for it. Fuck it. Who cares? Like, what have we got to lose? I can think of a lot they would have to lose. Well, I mean, granted, they don't know anything about his, you know, like, history that could go and horribly wrong. Hey, listen, you know. It, it, yeah. I, meanwhile, they're like, Marcus has to have all his papers, but this guy's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all a go with this guy. <laughs> They're enchanted by how Nobody talks about he is. paperwork in that scene. No, it's because they're they're enchanted that this that really good looking guy. I mean, they're not even drunk or anything. They're just like totally flat sober and just like I mean, Alicia, you had a really good point in this. Then then you know, and then it cuts back to you, Alice, you Aaron and I. And we just have to state that. You, Aaron, and myself barely worked. Oh my God. We worked one day out of like three weeks. Like we would go. And that was one of the we days. Would, what we would do while everyone else is at work filming and like, you know, actressing their way, you know, to high heavens, you, the three of us would be shopping on Robson with our per diem <laughs> and going out to dinners because. <laughs> well, because the dollar was worth twice as much as the Canadian dollar. Yeah. So we were it like, was like, we felt it was so like rich. Fucking, it was fucking Christmas. And it's um, like the first time I'd ever made money. Yeah, me too. I didn't and, have, I was like, wait, I don't really have to go to work and I have a paycheck and it's twice as, my dollar's twice as much as yours. And then, and then great. I get, and then I get fun money to like, quote unquote, eat mm -hmm. per diem. Anyway, 
that you can oh, yeah. do whatever you like with and it's in cash. Because right, this is before we knew that the, before the, we knew if the show was going to get picked up. We were just shooting this pilot. But what I'm saying is I, we're, I'm watching this and, you know, the three of us are just so like sprinkled in here and sprinkled in there. And there's no depth or anything like remotely like to grab onto. And I remembered we worked maybe four days in total. Oh, yeah, maybe. That's pushing it. The most time we well, worked. Wait, found, the mo- wait, wait, wait. Oh. The most time we worked was at that Bet and Tina party because that was such a long, ongoing, in and out, um, you know, eight page scene. But other than that, mm-hmm. it was like one day a week, half a day. Mm-hmm. We were like the little rainbow sprinkles on the Sunday. You and I like started tie dyeing and like, on the show. making clothes because we had that much time on our hands. Remember yeah, that? we were making videos. I think I had a camcorder and we were, yeah, we, listen, we packed a punch, Kate. We packed a punch because we come in, we do these little blips. I mean, that crispy scene, which she says crispy. So many people would say that to Aaron for years, like crispy, you know, and it's like, we're on the screen for three seconds. Little bits. Who are we even in this? Who are we? Like, it's funny to watch us, like, especially now that we're now that we're doing the show again, back to then. And we're like, and we're like, you can so see that we're all just trying to figure out who the hell these characters are. Mm -hmm. And it's so not, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it's funny. It's just, it's very, um, I don't know. It's very like, it's the very beginning of these three characters because we knew nothing about them. We had nothing to kind of draw on. Can I say what I found interesting? Hmm. The scene where Aaron and I or Dana and Alice walk out of the bar and I'm like, do you want to come home with me? And she's like, please. And I'm like, please. That was I had no memory of that seed being planted for what was to come. And I wonder if they the even knew what they were doing. Yeah, because I I don't think Alice and Dana were ever set out to be together. Really? I think it was something that was ha- sort of unfolding. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember that being. Well, that's a that's a gay stereotype. I guess We're I don't remember it happening date. so quickly. So maybe that was a planned out thing that they were thinking about. I don't know. It doesn't seem so. Well, it doesn't I seem like an idea that just when we shot came it. out of left field. <laughs> I feel like they thought about it and were like, well, let, let's see how these two work together. And if they and if it works really well, we'll go for it. And if not, we can always drop it. Oh, that's true. Right. Again, it's a pilot. So you don't know who's going to who's going to jive and who's not. And, you know, it's it's, it's, chemistry is that weird, funny thing. And speaking of chemistry. Marina and Jenny finally get together. They do. Um, And at the end of it, it's it's actually Jenny's just like it's a good scene. It's a great sex scene. Yeah. Basically, they're just like, this is going to happen. I mean, they couldn't fight the chemistry. And then she cries at the end. What's great about that scene, the way it's shot, is that, you know, Marina's doing her business on Jenny and you just see Jenny like covering her eyes and she's trying to like stifle her tears because it's so overwhelming and it's such a beautiful moment. And it speaks volumes as to how conflicted she is and how scared she is. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a really effective scene. I thought she was just having an orgasm and covered her eyes. I didn't know she was crying. I think it was everything. I think it was all of it. Well, sure. All encompasses, huh? And she's like, oh, this is what I've been missing. I had no idea. Right. I had to come to LA to find it. Then we go back to 
Tina and Bet. Yeah, they brought the guy home. There's really bad music in the background. And then he goes to put a condom on and they try to stop him. And he picks up on what they were doing, which is hilarious. And he's like, I'm out. I like how his morals were higher than theirs. It's so, that I, please, it's so funny. I respect, I respect that guy. It's good for you. Good for you. You have boundaries. <laughs> you really feel like that Bet and Tina were playing that guy. You don't like it. That really rubbed you. You had to really talk that one out. I just, it was just so inappropriate. Sorry, Bet and Tina. I can't get on board with that choice. You're not a fan of that. Okay, so then we're back to Alice's apartment. Oh, this is the birth of the chart. Yeah, this is the first time we see the chart. Right, and I'm explaining it to her, how we're all connected. There's like a hub. One person is a hub, and then everybody, there's offshoots. Tidbit, totally put all the names that I wrote down were friends of mine. Yeah, and we learned that Alice is a pot smoker. When Jenny comes home from Marina and she gets into bed with Tim, you know, what's great about that whole segment. And she comes into bed and she's like, you know, trying to be quiet. And he, and then she like crawls it. And now, is she crying? She has some moment alone. And then she climbs into bed, she takes off her clothes. And he says, you smell different. And she says, it's yeah. a new perfume and so forth and so on. And he says, oh, I like, the, I like the old one better. And you, I, you see all of that conflict. And again, she's trying to stifle her tears. Um, you're going to hear me say this a lot, but I got to say it like applause, applause to Mia Kirshner. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's just done something horrible. But she's done something so new. And she's realizing. So I know, but also like, I think she knows that she's, this is very serious what's happened. Like, it's not like. Well, life as she, she knew had, it, life as she knew it isn't at all what it's ever going to be again. Exactly. And what does that look and like? And he's so kind. Yeah. So this is like the launching point for Jenny's. Well, he is also all she knows, especially in L.A., but it seems to me like in terms of like relationships, they've been together for a very long time. I'm going to buy the high school sweetheart thing. Um, and so that's all she knows. I don't think she's terribly experienced when we first meet her. I don't. She doesn't seem like someone who's had like a string of guys before Tim. No, I'm just projecting here. I'm not projecting. I'm just assuming here. But um, but I don't I just get that impression. Like, had we seen that on television before a, a female character like sleep with a woman and just say, holy shit, life isn't what I thought it was? Well, I don't think on TV much. No, I think I think at that point, like the things that were out as gay content, there was like Desert Hearts, that kind of that movie. And there was Go Fish. Like there wasn't a lot. No, where you see a, a girl's like world completely shake. Yeah. Again, another scene with barely any dialogue and everything is said fucking everything mm -hmm. and you can project yourself into that speaking of dialogue then the next morning bet and tina have had sex the night previously so they feel a lot better they're out on their stoop no 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 you're missing like the whole major sex scene between bet and tina the big the, the famous countdown to 10 and we'll come at the same time scene that scene with bet and tina it's the you know that, that it's that first time you see why they are together and why they strive to be together although they have all this conflict within themselves it's actually another really well shot love scene. Yeah, it's like an epic love scene. It's and we're like, oh, precisely. there's the major couple having sex. Exactly. We thought they were struggling, but no, they really have this connection. 
Yes. Wow, there it is. It's really and then you it's see really them, strong. And then they're then they're in a profile shot, and you see them, you know, coming to climax at the same time. And the way they did that was um, our director at the time, uh, who did the pilot, Rose Trochet, counted down to ten, so they could both be in sync mm-hmm. and you know perform at the same time. And that's how Bet and Tina came. Rose Trochet <laughs> counted to ten. How they came? How they came to be? Yeah. I think, oh, well, well, cat's out of the bag. I don't know why that would ever be a secret, but. I don't think that's a big secret, but it was just a technical way to make that happen because otherwise you're just sitting there having fake sex. Nobody knows who's going to do what, when. So it was, it was pretty clever. Can I go back for a moment? When you, when, when Alice is showing the chart. Yeah. There's one line and I even wrote it down because I thought, yep, that encompasses it entirely when you're talking about the chart and you know dana's being all uptight mm-hmm. and um uh and and where are your eyebrows by the way in that episode <laughs> they well they just get they start disappearing more and more Do they i don't know come i'm back? excited for the return of my eyebrows i hope so i hope so because i, I look have forward them to them returning so they, they returned at some point me too i'm gonna keep an eye out i'm gonna wow keep, I'll, I'll with let, the bleach i'm gonna keep track but anyway that's not what i was Kate, gonna I've say i've never been on tv before so i was just putting my trust in everyone around me so Aww. whatever they were doing to me i was like cool okay well aside sorry i had to ask that but uh there's one line you say that fully encompasses the entire the entire origin of the show and life and whatnot is when you're explaining the chart and you're showing your examples of like, I slept with this person and bup, 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 bup. And Dana says, oh my God, that's so crazy. And you say, yeah, crazy, but not tiny. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great line. Not tiny. Also, what happens in that scene is you see, I, I draw my name, Alice's name to bet as the next circle. Which never made because sense Alice to me. Because Alice and Bet had been together. That never, never made sense to me. I know. Here's the deal. If Alice and Tina, I could understand that more. It's more plausible. But Alice and Bet, I don't see it. Well, I can see it in a way. I mean, uh-uh. it happens. Uh-uh. No, she's like a power dyke and I'm like an up and comer. It's like Shane being with Dana. It just doesn't make any sense. Bet and Alice never made sense. It just gives a good historical thing between the two of us, which is like, we tried, it didn't work. It was a disaster. We've all had those. If you, if you catch it, there it is. I'm showing you like, not everyone caught that. Well, cut to the next day. And there's the walk of Shane in her Tommy Lee outfit. What the fuck am I doing walk in this of scene? Shane. What am I doing in the scene? I was watching. You're that just s- being cute. And you're walking by and we see that you've had sex with someone else and you look hot. I was watching that wondering what, what is this? You're they're establishing that Shane has a sex life every night. I don't know if you had a car. You had to have a Jeep, right? Clearly not. I was you must walk- be walking was, to your Jeep. I guess. I know. That's Maybe. what I'm wondering. Like, Kit's on a bike. You're walking. Like, <laughs> I think Bet was the only one with a car. I know th- I know. in the next episode, I have a. I, that's where, like, the beginning of the beat-up blue pickup be- uh, uh, comes in. But maybe she didn't have a car. We didn't get to pick our cars for a while. I never picked my car. Maybe that's why I'm always at the planet, because I had no way to get anywhere. I picked my car in the reboot. I didn't pick my car in the original show. And when they, I think I got a Jeep at one point and I thought, ah, that tracks. I like that. But anyway, I'm doing the walk. I guess I don't have a car. She doesn't have a car. So yeah. And it establishes that she sleeps around every single night and blah, blah, blah. The point of the scene is you're adorable. And that's all we need to just shoot. I would be like, just shoot her. I don't care. Just make, 
shoot her. <laughs> have her say something. Just have her walk by and say something. You're so fucking cute. And then you look at them and you're like, oh, there's this established couple. And you're, it's kind of like they look at you like, oh, that's a, that's a life I don't have. They might envy it a little or they're happy where they are or they don't want it. But it's, you know, and then you're looking at them like, I kind of want that, but I really don't. I love my life, but they're kind of cute. And oh, wow, they have a partner and I don't like, you know, it's like that kind of scene to me. The two sides of the coin meeting on the exactly. front lawn. Right. And everyone loves every, they, you all love each other. Yeah. I think more what threw me off was the, was the whole outfit ensemble. I haven't seen that in a long time. Well, we know. Yeah. I mean. It threw us all off. I think that was the uh, the first introduction to the flamethrower leather pants. Yeah. They get worn quite a bit first season. They did. They were the go-tos. Hey, listen, at the time, they fit really well. Do you have those? Did you keep them? No, I wish I did. Oh, God. I wish I did. You could put them in a glass box and hang them on your wall. I could, yeah. Or you could have bronzed them or something. Um, okay, and then we get to the last shot of the pilot where Jenny wakes up. She has a realization of what she's done. Well, Tim is making her breakfast, which is adorable. Which we've all had those. What? That's where I really was like, go, oh, Mia. What? You know, you wake up and you're like, oh, shit. Yes. You just have a flash yes. of what you've done the night before. We've all been there. Yes, we have. And you see the panic. And then he's like, he's making breakfast, which I thought was funny. It's like toast and scrambled eggs. It looked delicious. <laughs> it looked cozy and amazing. And who wouldn't love that when you wake up? waiting for you. <laughs> it was really sweet. And then there's a ring. She sits down and there's a ring. Boom. Pilot over. What a great way to end the first episode. Everything is set up. Like, there you go. Yeah. Everything's set up. And just enough seeds are planted where it can go in 20 different directions if needs be. But like the staple mm -hmm. moments are there. And I wanted to see what happens. Oh, you're so curious as as a viewer at the end. You're like, okay, I need to see where everyone is headed. This is amazing. Yeah. And although I know what happens, I forget. I think I forgot a lot of it, but still. Also, I'd like to promote that the reboot, Elwood Generation Q, is going to air on August 6th, if you have Showtime, right? And then on August 8th, and August 8th, you can sit down in front of the television. Because it drops on Showtime. In a real cable-like way, and it drops on Showtime. So, yeah, it's all exciting. I mean, here we are recapping, you know, the very first episode. And meanwhile, this is like season eight. You took the words right out of my mouth. And here we go. In two weeks, you see us 20 years later. <laughs> it hasn't been 20. <laughs> um, it actually, it actually, it, it will be start next year. It actually technically will be 20. Okay. So sorry to. Well, that sounds scary. Well, that's, that's reality. Oof. Well, hey, we're still kicking. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks, to everyone. To recap The L Word, episode three. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram, at the Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox.